This is the Wednesday, May 19th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. We've got you covered with NBA play-in action for tonight. Also a little hockey and baseball as well. And as we always do, we'll get you in and out in less than 10 minutes. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian, joined today by Joe Fortenball. How are you, Joseph? Doing great, buddy. Missed yesterday's pod. Hope you guys did well. The play-in games were interesting, to say the least. Hopefully, we at least get some more competitive action tonight. Yeah, for sure. We did well. We did well. I uh, I was hoping to sweep the board, but I lost my best bet on the show and the storm. Just aces were all about that game from the start, but... Oh, you know, yes. Here comes the WNBA title wave. That, that happens. <laughs> we got there in the other WNBA game, but the wrong best bet for me. But... Let's uh, get to tonight. Let's start with the Warriors-Lakers. We've seen some line movement here, so it's now up to five and a half. I even saw a six somewhere, and I definitely thought the four and a half was too cheap. Where do you, I, I'm on the Lakers here, right? So it's hard for me to process right now the five and a half. I even see one five right now at win here in Las Vegas. I think the Lakers get there. It is a much better Warriors team. Steph's playing better off the ball. The Warriors know kind of how to play with him now as opposed to the three regular season meetings where the Lakers won by 20-plus and two of them and then blew a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. Kind of a fluky win, no disrespect to the Warriors, but that's what I call it for Golden State on the comeback in the fourth. But LeBron not 100% healthy. I do think it's a little closer here, but I do think the Lakers pull away and win by about 10 or so. I'm going to be right there with you on that. The line move up obviously means we're not getting as good a price as we could have recently when it was sitting around four and a half. But when we talk to, talk about paths to victory, right, the path to victory for the Warriors has to include a healthy dose of scoring from Steph Curry. I'm not necessarily sure how a Steph off night or a mid-level Steph night is going to be enough to compete with what the Lakers are throwing out there. And what we've seen so far this year, even in a very small sample, is that Steph hasn't played well against this team. 32 points per game during the regular season. He's your regular season scoring champ, averaging just 23 points per game against the Lakers with percentages that are way below his season average. Now, you've talked about this, and it's a very astute point. The fact that those games came a while ago, the fact that the Warriors have gotten better. I just don't know how much better. I look at the Warriors defensively, and I know defensive efficiency is a metric where they rank high. But I also see that they give up a ton of points and that there are a lot of mental lapses on that end of the court. And you throw in the fact that I think LeBron's going to have a big game tonight. This isn't the type of situation with a bum ankle. Where, where he fails to show up, all right? He might not be 100%, but I've seen him accelerate and, and jump on some big-time dunks since he's been back. Coupled with Anthony Davis and everything else the Lakers are throwing out there, I'm going to be backing L.A. It's not like a best bet sort of situation, but I will be on the Lakers here. I want to ask you about Steph, player prop. It's 35 and a half. Feels high, all things considered. I know he's been on a tear and won the scoring title, but this guy only averaged 23 in three games against the Lakers. Nine total three-pointers made. But again, it's a it's the Warriors were a team that had, you know, Wiseman playing in those games, and it's a very different situation. So uh, I'm going to take the under. I'm curious where you stand on that in terms of Steph Curry total points. That's what I would be looking to. I mean, we're, we're seeing That's 36 a game, and a half. Excuse me. It's a huge number. We're we're seeing a game in which the total already opened relatively low. I think it was somewhere around maybe like 222, and it's been bet down. And now we're sitting somewhere around, what, 218 and a half, 219, right in that wheelhouse, which means the implied team total for the Warriors is somewhere around 106 and a half. So Steph Curry's point total is 36 and a half. We're asking him to score over a third of the Warriors' points tonight 
against one of the best defenses in the league. It's just it's it's asking a lot from Steph in a situation where every other metric and all the evidence in front of us points to it being a lower scoring game with better defense and a big challenge on the other side. He's going to take a ton of shots tonight. He should. That's the best chance for the Warriors to win. But if I was doing something with the Steph player prop, it would be the under. Yeah, that's where I'm leaning to. Under five and a half, two plus money, five and a half made threes. That is the one player prop. And I'm going to mooch this from Tyler Fulgham, who's going to talk about it today on the show is AD over two and a half assists, kind of a random prop, but they're going to uh, play Draymond against them or send doubles. I think AD is going to just find open shooters. And I think the Lakers are going to be locked and loaded with full strength tonight. I like the over two and a half. Probably is going to be a sweat, may get to three. You know, one of those things, just three is what I'm saying. But uh, I, I do like the over two and a half assists. How do you feel about this uh, Spurs Grizzlies game? All right. So I feel even less excited about this one, to be completely honest with you. I, I When it comes to the side, I don't know if I trust the Grizz, right? There have been so many spots this year where they needed to play big or you think they're going to play well and they let you down. On the other side, the Spurs have been horrendous down the stretch. What have they done? They've lost like 10 of 12 by an average of 13 points per game, and they're still in the playoffs. That type of performance at any point shouldn't be worthy of a playoff spot, yet here they are. The total is what's jumping out to me because it seems like every piece of information we have is pointing to the over. They got together three times during the regular season, and they put up massive totals, 250 points, 241 points, 235 points, right? Both teams are average to below average in defense when it comes to points allowed. So now here's a scenario where this thing was sitting 222 and a half and it was higher. It's been bet down. This feels to me, just taking the information that's out there, a situation in which the public is probably going to jump on the over. That's where the, the ticket count's going to be. And I think the money's going to be on the under. And I think if I'm going to make a wager in this game, and I don't love a whole lot about it, I would follow that money and I would go ahead and I would play the under for a small amount. The, the Spurs don't move at a fast pace. The Grizzly defensive rating is seventh. I know they've given up a decent amount of points this year. I would look to this to be more of an under. Again, it's going to be a small wager for me. Do you have confidence in anything for this game? No, I want no part of it, much like my Blazers (laughs) Hornets. I got a little nibble of the Hornets last night just once the Levert injury surfaced, but I want no part of this uh, game. There's just zero reason for me to bet it. I lean Spurs, sure. Um, Maybe I'll I'll solidify that pick later on in the day, but I, I I can't get behind either team right now. Look at the data, right? Like we went into this play-in game and Charlotte was playing awful leading up to the game. And then they played even worse in that game. Boston had also been playing awful. And then they show up and they completely lock down the Wizards. So I don't know what to make of the Spurs. Are they going to turn it on in the playoffs like Boston did? Or are they going to go ahead and do what Charlotte did and pack it in? Because that's what they've done at the end of the season. Very tough game to get a good read on. Yeah. And that's the beauty of live wagering. Um, I'm going to go to the hockey uh, (laughs) I like a couple plays here. One, I'm going to start with the a regular season game. Yes, there is regular season NHL action this ridiculous. week. Is Vancouver making up? It's totally ridiculous. So the Canucks played their final home game of the season. That was yesterday. They won. By the way, these are early starts. So uh, 1230 Pacific, if you uh, want to get involved and need a little afternoon action, uh, a little afternoon tonight, if you will. So uh, Vancouver beats Calgary. Now they're going to run it back in Calgary. I just think like there's like not a lot left in the tank, uh, if you will, for Vancouver. It's a big number. So I'll probably lay puck line or half half unit, maybe minus 165 out there. But Calgary worth a little nibble to get you through the workday in the late afternoon on the East Coast. Now, as for the playoff games. One, I, one note on that. How yeah. in the hell is either team even interested in playing that game, <laughs> knowing the playoffs are taking place all around them? 
and they're out there in front of nobody playing regular season games. I'm not disagreeing with the pick. It's just right. fascinating that this is unfolding like this. Well, you know, they're professionals. It's not quite like some of the other sports. Like they're they're pros sure. at hockey. They're gonna they're gonna play and you know salaries and all that contract. So I think they're gonna bring it to what extent. It's not gonna be the playoff hockey atmosphere for sure. Uh, what else point. are you thinking? I think Carolina with Nashville's one-sided. I talked about it when the series started. I like Carolina minus one and a half games. Nothing in game one gave me any hint that I think Nashville's going to bounce back. I'll lay the puck line. Don't feel like laying the puck 95 on the money line. Uh, I'll lay the puck line. I think we get there. Um, you know, it's uh, plus 150, so you get a nice payout. Maybe chop it up half on the puck line, half of the minus 190 in terms of risking units. But I do think the other ones could be a grind. Um you know, obviously Colorado in the puck line is tempting. I'm not going to get in front of the Blues just yet, but uh, I'm interested to see what happens with the Caps-Bruins uh, Caps, uh, game. That's the most intriguing from a watch standpoint, but I can't lay that money line on the Bruins. Even at home, $1.70 is too pricey. If I had to play anything, I'd go Caps. Great series so far. Absolutely sure. fantastic series so far. I'll go to the Diamond for the final play on the podcast. The Reds and the Giants over eight and a half runs. This opened at eight at some places. It's now up to eight and a half which is a pretty decent move considering what we're faced with today. You might think, why over with Kevin Gosman taking the mound for the Giants? 1.84 ERA. He's been great this year. Giants have been a fantastic story. A couple things to look at, though. Cincinnati has a solid offense. All right, They're third in Major League Baseball in runs per game at 5.25. But more importantly, they are the best team in Major League Baseball when it comes to batting against right-handed pitching. First in home runs. First in weighted runs created, second in weighted on base average. So when those two come together, I'm not – Gossman has been great. I don't think he locks these, these guys down. I'm not saying they light him up, but they're going to do their share, especially if they get to the Giants' bullpen, which is 22nd in Major League Baseball in ERA. For the Reds, it's going to be Wade Miley. Decent season, 369 ERA. But the Giants have been solid against left-handed pitching, 10th in homers, 13th in weighted runs created, 11th in weighted on-base average. So above average when it comes to left-handed pitching matchups. Further, when you go down the line and you look at the Reds coming out of the bullpen, 25th in ERA at 4.94. So once we get past the starters, there's not a ton that you can rely on. When it comes to the Reds, they hit righties very, very well. When it comes to the Giants, who have a good matchup against Miley, they hit lefties above league average. I've seen them move up to eight and a half. I'm looking at this game. Weather's not a concern. Very light breeze. No forecast for rain or anything like that. Over eight and a half runs, Reds, Giants. All right, sounds good. And, of course, we got my guy Corbin Burns on the bump. If you want to do the uh, first five with Burns, can't fault you at all. He's pitched uh, one earned in five innings, I want to say, since his first game back from the IL. So, you know, he got back in the groove. So I can't fault anyone for backing him on that front. Okay, my friend, that'll do it for this one. Always good to uh, – Connect, talk a little betting in the morning. Um, I love the smell of gambling in the morning. Uh, let's, that gets us done in and out in 10 minutes. And uh, again, just a reminder, everyone, please do us a favor. Go to uh, wherever you get your podcast, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It helps us out tremendously. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.